1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the night Euro 2020 finally gets underway Italy and Turkey will kick off the tournament in Rome later for us It's all about Monday Stevie Clark's adding the final touches to his Scotland squad before they head back to Glasgow ready to take on the Czech Republic I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is David Weir and Hugh Evans. Well you can set it to music now Gordon We are one stirring rendition of Nessun Dorma away from the start of Euro 2020 Andrea Bocelli will perform Puccini at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome tonight and then on Monday Yes Sir I Can Boogie will become the official soundtrack to the tournament but and this is where it gets clever David Scotland must hit the right note in the first game Mm -hmm. against the Czech Republic because David Weir and I are old enough to remember first games in major tournaments that went wrong I'll say Costa Rica and Peru and leave it at that David Weir I just can't believe He's lumping you Into the same age bracket <laughs> As him I know you've got This reputation As being the elder statesman Of, of playing in Scottish football But you're not quite Hughes age yet Great to have you with us 69 Scotland caps We're pulling out All the big guns this week You must be excited To, to watch on Over the next few weeks I know I'm, It's kind of crept up on me To be honest yeah. Because the, all the football That's been going on With the Champions League And everything else And then all of a sudden The Euros are starting So just had time To think about it today Really and Really excited about the game start tonight And then they come thick and fast So really looking forward to seeing We'll have you whipped up into a frenzy by 8 (laughs) o'clock That is the promise Right Hugh Keevans We usually save the quizzing for a bit later on But Uh I'm going straight in at 7 minutes past 6 Who was the last man to set up a goal for Scotland At a major international tournament? Alright so we're back in France in 98 I thought you would just get it He's sitting next to you It was David Weir (laughs) Craig Burley's the easy answer You know who scored it The Norway game But who set it up Some would say a pass Some would say a clear It was a great pass Over the head of the defenders Yeah Absolutely But Burrell's put it away quite nicely But that's the reality of it David That's the last goal we scored At a men's international tournament You set it up How do you look back on On that And then I suppose all the Because you were fortunate enough to, To be there and play a part And then Oh, a lot of disappointment since Yeah well that's it You look back on that And 23 years mm. ago I mean it's an unbelievable amount of time The times we've all talked about When are we next going to get To a major championship You know we, we can put that to bed now We can look forward to being at one And enjoying that But the World Cup was sensational Being in France All your family being there Getting access to, to the tournament And I was a squad player really Who got really lucky In terms of playing um, Colin Calderwood hurt His wrist or his, right, his, yeah. his hand And I was sent to warm up I think with Matt Elliott and Jackie McNamara and we were all kind of looking at each other going who's it going to be so I was fortunate enough to get on and then I managed to play in the World Cup so it's a dream come true as a you know as a schoolboy mm-hmm. to, to play for your national team but to play in the World Cup was off the scale so yeah it was great and then unfortunately after that you think that's normal and yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. it didn't come around very Probably with no teeth in no teeth and bleached You'll be happy to hand over that accolade on Monday I'm sure If it's John McGinn or Ryan Christie or Shea Adams or whoever it is You'll be happy to no longer be the last man to assist a goal at a major tournament I'm sure Definitely yeah, we're looking forward to the games And I think the first game is going to be really important You know, I think that's that's the one, potentially three teams out of the group qualifying So if you can get off to a, a good start and potentially the weakest team in the group So if you can 
get a good result there mm. then you know that a lot of the hard work's already done plenty of experience in this studio 69 caps set up a goal at the last time Scotland were at a major tournament and even Hugh Keevans the same Hugh Keevans by the way has been very positive this week about Scotland's chances Euro fever is sweeping the studio in Clyde Bank so let's hear from you 0141 951 1025 on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter let's be honest we Monday's what we really care about um, oh. But it's exciting to get the, the tournament underway as well And I'm sure everyone will be glued to their television screens later To see Turkey and Italy kick it off in Rome, Hugh Well, Roberto Mancini has uh, done a great job With uh, the Italian national side uh, It'll just be good to get things officially underway Then on Sunday uh, It'll be very interesting for us to witness England against Croatia mm-hmm. uh, Have Croatia got a side that is now perhaps too old? Uh, to be what they once were uh, But England have uh, Many good attacking players Good goal scorers Harry Kane uh, And the rest So it's all The starter Before the main course comes on I, must, I must admit I did not expect a studio with you two To be accusing anyone of being too old You're still performing <laughs> at the top of the punditry game And you're 90 odd Davy yeah. Weir We know what he did in his excellent playing career well, you know, in football, in football, uh, you you're thought of as being clinically dead after thirty. Uh, but this so, man broke that mould. That's so the point. Modric is running around there at the age of thirty-five, and he's still not bad, though. Yeah. But anyway, I don't think that they are what they once were. Croatia. Here's one as well. We'll obviously focus on Scotland. I'm a major focus on Scotland, but I'm pretty sure out there, someone listening, there'll be someone with a, maybe a dual nationality, a family tie to Italy or Turkey. So it'd be nice to hear from you a bit later on in the show Why not pick up the phone, let us know how you're feeling Of course you'll be supporting Scotland But maybe your second team is in action tonight I know there are a lot of people with Italian heritage Similar situation with Turkey So why not pick up the phone And uh, let us know what you're thinking about the game tonight 01419511025 Let's kick off with Scott in Bathgate You're wanting to talk Scotland of course Scott, take it away How you doing guys? Uh, no, I was just um, thinking about the team That I would start on Monday mm-hmm. Um I think, see, I was just thinking about it from like a tournament point of view. Obviously, maybe like they will know when I'm coming through this. It's um, each game is going to be different, and I think if if a worst case scenario, if I go qualify in third place, worst case, you need at least one victory, and I think this game's the one that's probably the most achievable. So, I think the team I'd start with is um, I'd keep Marshall in goal. I'd play Hendry, Cooper and Tierney because I think they're probably the best three at uh, coming out for the back and use of the ball. Plus against Holland, I thought the pressing for Tierney and Hendry was really good. In the middle, I would keep McTominay, McGregor and McGinn in there. I would play Parson and Robertson just for attacking purposes up and down. And the main one for me is I don't think you can play Adams and Dykes up front together just purely because of a pressing reason. I think the way I think it's got to be Christian Armstrong after one of them. Right, okay. I, I like that. It's well thought out. David, how do you think Stevie Clark will approach it? And then perhaps draw on your own experiences. Do you do you just get into the game straight away with, you know, this is Scotland's strongest team and you don't think about anything else? Or, or is there a horses for courses management type thing where you have to negotiate different Opponents through the group yeah, I think there's definitely An element of that And Steve's had a lot of time To think about it And Steve's You know Has got um, 
earn the right, you know, to pick the team that he thinks is best by the nature of what he's done so far. And and there will be a degree of loyalty to the players who have come through the campaign because, as we've spoken about, we haven't been at a tournament mm-hmm. for such a period of time. So I'm sure Steve has sold the story to those lads to make history and, and achieve what they've achieved. So there's got to be a degree of loyalty within that. And we've all seen how Billy Gilmore and Nathan Patterson mm-hmm. and things have done. And, you know, it's an easy thing to say, get them in the team and get them playing because of what they've done. But... You know, just to manage that squad, and there's 26 players there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of players to manage. That's a lot of players that aren't playing. So I'm sure Steve will be thinking about these three games. But I'm not really answering the question here. But <laughs> this game's the biggest game because I think this, this is, is the, the one, kind of must-win this game. This is the must-win game to actually qualify. So there'll be an element of that. You yeah. know, when do you play your cards and how do you play yeah. them? But I think there'll be a, a strong loyalty to the first selection. I mean, the thing about that, Hugh, is. He's not blindly loyal Because Lauren no. Shanklin's going to be sitting in his house And so is Callum Patterson And so is Liam Palmer uh-huh. And so is Ollie Burke You know guys who've been in the squad So Whatever he picks I'm sure it'll be for the right reasons Because he thinks it can win them the football game It won't be pure nostalgia Otherwise All those guys would be here And Billy Gilmore and Nathan Patterson and David Turnbull Would be the ones Sitting at home What did you make of Scott's team that he gave you? Uh, fine But uh, you know it, <sighs> Football ceased to be an 11-man game a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can start with an 11 and, you know, David will have plenty of experience of this at managerial level and you start with what you think is the right 11 and then you realise that it's not working and you make change. Or, with our strength and depth now at international level, you understand that there are players you can bring on who can make a real impact in the game. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's Billy Gilmer, whether it's David Turnbull... Uh, whoever uh, Stuart Armstrong You pick a name out of the air Personally I favour Gilmore starting And Patterson I just think that they excel In their positions And why not let them start um, But As David said David Weir uh, Stevie Clark has, has, has Charted the right course all along mm-hmm. To get us this far uh, and he will know his best 11 in his mind But it's simply not an 11-man game anymore Scott, you've gone for half of the the argument that we usually hear I feel like most people who've called in want both They want Gilmore and Patterson And they say that you know they are not don't care about the lack of experience They're the guys, they're good players and all the rest of it you, You've gone Patterson in your team but not Gilmore Why, Why is that? Uh, I don't know, I think just maybe the balance of the team um, I just think... McGregor's maybe got a wee bit more relationship with the players in the team. Uh, I just think that team because I think probably I think it, my opinion would be easier to start trying to win the game rather than it being one 0 to them or no no after fifty sixty minutes and then you need to put attacking players on. I think if we go to the start and then if we get in the lead, then maybe we can make the subs to see the game. Then. I mean honestly the Talk about boxes being ticked Not only has David Weir Got 69 Scotland caps Not only Was he the last man To set up a goal In an international tournament You are our resident Billy Gilmore Expert as well He turned 20 today by the way yeah. Happy birthday to oh, Billy If he's listening What age would he have been When, when you brought him in to, to first team training At Rangers or, or yeah, Tell was, us the story He was very young and You know he was too young Really to, to be involved At first team unfortunately But you could see the signs You know he trained with us A few times And you could see the signs That he was a special special player And it was a big part of what we were trying to do at the time was keep him at the club, but the level of clubs that were interested in him mm-hmm. in terms of made that really, really difficult. So um, you could see his quality. You know, there's no doubt. Did we think we'd accelerate as quickly as he has done and got to the level he has done so quickly? Probably not, if I'm being honest. But, you know, the signs were there and, and great credit to, 
you know, uh, Rangers for mm-hmm. development, his family for keeping his feet on the ground and what he's done as an individual as well to, you know, to mm-hmm. keep progressing. And he comes into that Chelsea team now and again. He did it in the last Scotland game. He just fits in. He yeah. just jumps into the team. He just makes it better straight away. So there's no... I don't think there's any pressure on to play Billy. I think Billy's going to be a Scotland player for 15 years mm-hmm. and he's going to get a lot of caps and he'll definitely get time in, in the Euros. Whether he's... You know, as Hugh said, it's a squad game now and you know Scott's picked a really strong team there. But... There's also a place for people. There's starters and then there's finishers. And, you know, Billy might be somebody who comes on off the bench, affects the game, changes the game, and turns mm-hmm. a game in from a difficult situation into a good situation. I think we've got a few players like that as well. Andy Halliday's a regular on the show, and he often talks about when Billy Gilmore was brought up to, to train with that team. What do you remember about that? And was there that kind of fearlessness? What do you remember about him going and experiencing it? Remembering his size, he was small, you yeah. know, he generally was small, but he's shown that's been no barrier to him getting playing the Premier League, which is a physical league, and you know, he's head and shoulders below everyone else in terms of stature. And even then, although he didn't have the strength within his body, he still coped with the physicality and he, and mentally he was ready for it. He was up for the challenge. So you could tell straight away straight away he was a competitor and he, he liked the challenge and he felt like he belonged to being there and he's shown that going to Chelsea as well. He's not been intimidated by any players he's playing with. Or playing against you, And that's a fantastic thing Do you have any concerns About the physical development Are you, are you quite certain That he will uh, Now that he's turned 20 Yeah I think you can see it already here. Mm-hmm. I think you can see it already I think you can see his body shape I think you can see he's powerful He's strong And you know, I know he got a, a bad tackle In the last game But he, he doesn't get touched very often Because he moves the ball so yeah. quickly And he moves the ball Side to side And protects it So he's intelligent as well And his body's strong He's not big He's never going to be big But he's quick And he's clever The mental side of it Is as important arguably And people talk about you know, the, the obvious thing that goes against him at the moment is lack of game time, lack of experience this season. That, that would be it. Everybody knows yeah. that the talent is there. Based on that fearless, ambitious young man that, that you knew, I take it you think, if required on Monday to go straight in, he could handle that, no problem? Undoubtedly. There's no there's no doubt that he could go into the team and, and play in that game. I mean, he was shown in games in the Premier League whereby he's playing for the team that won the Champions League. You know, he's not playing for mm-hmm. a, a mid-range championship team. And I think if you put Billy Gilmer on the the open market tomorrow as a loan or a permanent, 80 90 percent the Premier League would take him. So I think that gives you a gauge of Tells the story, doesn't and, it? And what level the player he is. And undoubtedly, if he was to start on Monday, it wouldn't phase him and he would do fine. Uh, Scott, are you feeling optimistic? Uh, I, 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 I fancy 1 0 on Monday. Um, probably similar to the game we played him at Hamden. Um, I think well, we'll, don't say that. They battered us that <laughs> night and we somehow managed to win it. No, I mean, just mean with the result. Just right. so. I don't know what I would take that I just don't know if my nerves could handle it but in, in theory when all said and done I would take it thank you Scott and Bathgate 01419511025 keep your calls coming we're going to hear from Stevie Clark who's only slightly more important I'm sure he won't mind me saying than Brian and Airdrie who we'll speak to on the phones next you are the voice of Scottish football call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Davy Weir and Hugh Keevans, your lineup tonight, 69 Scotland caps between them, 01419511025 if you've got a point. And of course, you can tweet as always at Clyde SSB. I'm still on the lookout for you people out there with a maybe a family tie, a connection to Italy or Turkey. If you've got a particular interest in the game tonight, please pick up the phone. I'd love to hear from you. Let's speak to Brian in Airdrie first, though. Brian, what are your thoughts ahead of Monday? Hi, guys. How are we doing? Good, thank you. 
Good. I thought you were going to have Stevie Clark on before me Ah, do you know what? I decided that I was unfair on you And I think you're more important So we'll do him afterwards I wouldn't have minded I wouldn't have minded uh, No, I think first of all Just to say how, how buzzing we are for the tournament um, Great to see us there It's been far too long I, I was looking back at some old photos of my mum today And it was 1998 13 year old They see you Jimmy Hart The face painted the usual So um, it's just great to finally experience it as an adult I suppose Absolutely, I mean, if you don't mind me asking Brian, so how old are you? Because that sounds sort of similar to my own experiences of Scotland yeah. at a tournament I need to think about that now, so I am 35, yes mm, A couple of years older than me, so you'd have been 12 or whatever at France 98, yeah 12, 13 at the time, absolutely, absolutely So, vague memories, I must say, but um, I do remember rushing home for school to, to sit down in front of the telly and get the gear on and watch that one, so um, hoping for the same well, the, the excitement's already there isn't it it's been building for so long so delighted with that David is it, is it as amazing as mere mortals like me and Brian imagine guys that'll never get close to it is it, is it just an unbelievable life altering experience going to that type of occasion it is, I, was, I was actually thinking about that this week as well like my memories of being at the World Cup obviously it was in France and I was for the first time for a long time I've missed playing and I was jealous of the boys going away to that camp with the excitement that they're mm-hmm. going to have It's like a A boys club Going away on a trip abroad You know It's one of them You don't get that opportunity Very very often To be away with a group of boys You got on well with For a couple of weeks Or hopefully longer Whereby You've all got the same goal You've mm-hmm. all got the same focus here You know They want the country to do well It's it's not about individuals It's about the team So It's a really really nice dynamic They'll be having You know There'll be a lot of Emotion there There'll be a lot of Patriotism there And there'll be a lot of Feel good factor there So You know Hopefully that can propel mm-hmm. us to um, to success But it is You know it's I, I do I miss that That's one thing I do miss And I was thinking about that This week I'd really like to be a part of that Because it is a it is a special occasion mm-hmm. And a special feeling Yeah they always talk about You know that bond Camaraderie And the, yeah. the off field stuff And how important that can be To a tournament it, Is is that the case Is that Is that vital Do you think that That side of it is right I think it is And, and I think Steve's managed that Really well In terms of um, Getting the group On the same page And getting people To want to turn up And that might sound Odd to anybody you know who's mm-hmm. outside of probably the, the team and things, but sometimes it can be difficult to turn up. And the lads that have turned up and shown the loyalty and blend bought into what Steve wants to do, I think, is is a really important thing because there's going to be a lot of players who aren't playing throughout that tournament and are on the sidelines. Now they react and how they deal with that will be really important to the group. And I think England are are a big kind of or have been a victim of that in the past as mm-hmm. well. And I think you see we got a Southgate selection as well. He's picked. A lot of players on character as well. You might say about one or two of them. I'm not so sure about him. Or yeah. might have had a different player in, but he's definitely picking on character and people who he knows will, when in sticky situations or difficult situations, will handle it well and and help the group. Mm. I mean, Hugh, I was doing a, a thing on behalf of a, a school in Wish earlier, Thornley Primary. They had me involved in a sort of Q and A uh, with two of their local heroes, David Turnbull, Stephen O'Donnell, both Wisher boys, both at the tournament, and just a kind of Zoom call, if you like, with the Primary Six class. And v- visibly, you could see how excited David and Stephen were. They were sitting there in their matching Adidas t-shirts that they were looking, looking the part, and uh, they, they genuinely just seemed excited to to be there. And I'm talking about at the camp. I'm not even really thinking about the games yet. They just seemed as if it was a, a great experience. I've never, journalistically speaking, been around a, a Scotland squad at a major tournament where I thought oh, there's not uh, real togetherness here. They have always, wherever we have been. They have always been together. Uh, they might have had their fallouts with the hierarchy. Uh, they might have had their wee 
occasional moments of eccentricity, jumping the wall and going to the pub or whatever. Uh, but they've always been together. However, it is what happens when you have to play the game. And I mentioned the first game in the introduction, and you know I could take you from seventy-eight to ninety-eight. 78 Peru lost 86 Denmark lost 90 in Italy Costa Rica lost 92 the Euros lost to Holland 96 drew with Holland in the World Cup and 98 lost to Brazil in the first game therefore the first game sets the tone Mm. and you know you've never seen togetherness like uh, France 98 coming out the kilts wonderful and it was bad luck rather than bad play that cost us the game but the first game against the Czech Republic on Monday, it is essential that we win. Brian, what do you think ahead of Monday? I, I think he's absolutely right. We've, um, this is the best opportunity to win an opening game we've had as far as anybody can remember. So uh, I've got my 11 that I think will, will do that for us. Go for <laughs> if it. you want to hear it. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't... I didn't hear the last callers 11 so I, when I heard him talking about it I was busy talking to the producer at the time but when I heard him talking about it I thought that sounds similar to what I've got but I'll go for it anyway so I've went with Gordon Ingle um, That's one I've change already Robo. he had Marshall but carry uh, on right, Yeah I've got Robbo on the left Tierney, Hanley, Hendry and I've got Patterson on the right uh, McTominay and McGregor as your two central mid I've then put Shea Adams up front and I've got McGinn and Armstrong just behind tucked in um, and that's my living. Yeah, not too, not too different. Um, David, this is what's striking me is every time someone says a team, like, even if it's not exactly what what I would do, you think, yeah, all right, that's good as well, and yeah. that that's a testament to the quality we've got. I think it is, and I think like everybody picks a team. There's going to be eight or nine that are in it, and it's maybe one or two slots mm-hmm. that there's a wee bit of debate about. Maybe goalkeeper a little bit, although David Marshall, what he's done, you know, it's hard to. It's hard to argue against that And then at right back Again you look at Nathan Patterson And we've seen flashes of it And you could make a strong case there And then Is he one of, you were aware of at Rangers Or was he kind of too young Or yeah, hadn't quite little, developed yet He was yet? a bit young We were aware of him obviously mm. That he was a good player But he wasn't He wasn't at that level Or that stage yet But you could tell he was going to be a good player And, and the academy spoke really well mm. about him So you knew that There was going to be high hopes for him But he's shown it again Like Billy when they've come in And like David Turnbull When they've come into that stage And they've stepped up They've handled it really well And you can see They're going to have A bright future So that that's really encouraging For Scotland And those guys are pushing Which I think is good For the squad That mm-hmm. the guys who are in the squad And, and started and, and earned the right You know They have got that heat behind them Pushing them on and, and I think that's a good thing In football You're looking forward to Embracing this one Brian being of age To fully remember it And maybe let's not Take it for granted Because I'm sure some people Did at France 98 Not knowing that we would Face such a long wait To get back there yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, there's a few of my friends saying, right, we'll do this early in the Monday and we'll, we'll get here, we'll have a few beers, do some foot golf, and I'm saying, not at all. I'm driving until that game starts. Not touching everybody, savour every moment of it. You know, just take it in and, and actually appreciate it and enjoy it because who knows? Let's hope it's not too long, but who knows absolutely. how long it will be. And just remember, if you are going to take it in and enjoy it and remember it, it will just need to be a few drinks. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to be key to this going well, swimmingly. Brian makes a point there about never thought it would be this long. Uh, in Sanetien, on the night that Morocco took three off Scotland, the one and only time in Craig Brown's international career that he lost by three goals to a team. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and I said to George Bowie this morning, if I had known that night we wouldn't be back for 23 years I'd have had another drink at the bar <laughs> David what was the you, you mean we mentioned earlier you set up the goal for Craig Burley but maybe apart from that 
what's the main standout memory when you think back to France? Is it coming out in the kilts or something else? It is, to be honest. Like I, I was actually subbing that first game, and and I was on the pitch at half time, warming up and and just playing. You know, on the pitch, and the Scotland segment of the stadium was just absolutely bouncing, and like the music was playing, and you're just thinking, what an occasion, what a place to be and be part of. And that, as well as as you said, when we walked out to the in the opening game of the World Cup, we had the kilts on. Nobody knew about it. Nobody was expecting mm-hmm. it, and just walked up out on the pitch. And again, that was that was a great moment, and that was credit to Craig Brown as well. You know, in terms of how he managed and and how underrated he was as a person and as a manager, and what he did for Scotland, along with Andy Oxborough in that era, where continually qualifying for tournaments and continually um, punching above our weight in terms of getting there and what we did in games like you know Hugh saying not losing mm-hmm. by. An amount of games, and unfortunately for me, I was I was in that team. I was on that night. <laughs> yeah, that's Hugh, blame Hugh for bringing that one up. <laughs> we were trying to stay positive. No, but it's funny you said about the kilts, right? Because you wouldn't be able to keep that a secret now. No, so, that's so, it. and and so long has been our, you know, the the weight that we've had for a tournament is that life is completely different now. You know, this there was yeah. no such thing back then. The social media and all the rest of it. You still have got the same mobile phone you had in '98, which yeah. is interesting. I'll, um, do, I'll just show it to Davy Weir now. Have you ever seen anything like this, Davy? <laughs> on it? And that's your phone you're showing, just just yeah. for, for anyone that's listening. Um, David, the other thing is you're talking about the dynamic and the the camaraderie in the hotel and whatnot. Again, these guys, I'm sure, will be Xbox, PlayStation, Netflix, whatever it may be. Who who were, you you guys had to rely on? Each other's company, old school. Who, who were the guys in that group that made it an enjoyable experience? It was it was good overall. Darren Jackson was very good at the time in terms of Gary McAllister, even though he wasn't in the squad, was in the round. That John Collins, of you know Colin Calderwood, there was some mm-hmm. serious professionals there at the time. Tom Boyd, Jim Layton, you know there was some serious professionals who had been around the block and who had been to tournaments before and kind of you know managed the group and helped the groups. As I said, I was one of the younger players, but. I was probably 27, 28 at the time. You know, that was the nature of Craig Brown's squad. He was always getting a hard time for not picking young players and, and relying on experience. And so it, it was like a, a group of men going away. You know, it wasn't the young boys. It was experienced international footballers and mm-hmm. Premier League footballers at that time, Rangers, Celtic footballers. So it was a real good um, solidity about I, it. I think it's remarkable the way the fans have embraced 2020, given that only 12,000 can get into... Hamden, uh, given that the allocation for Wembley has to be drastically reduced because of the COVID-19 protocols. When Davy was in France and we were in France as the, the, the press corps, it was sensational. Everywhere you went was sensational, from Paris to Bordeaux to Saint-Étienne. Uh, and if the people were allowed to go to Hamden on Monday, it would yeah. just be yeah. so great. But they've embraced it, mm-hmm. even knowing they can't go to the game. Thank you, Brian. Make sure you enjoy the next couple of weeks. Let's hear from Stevie Clark. I've never been to a major tournament, so it's the first time for me. I'm sure somewhere along the way I'll make a few mistakes, but we'll learn from them, hopefully very quickly, and we'll try and get the points that's required to get out the group stages. And if we can do that, it'll be a good tournament for us. I'm sure the lads would wish it was tomorrow. Once you're in the tournament, you just want the tournament to start. We have a process to get there, but yeah, the sooner it comes, the better. I think obviously a win, a win would be massive in the first game. Anybody I've ever spoken to who's been at a tournament or, or worked in a tournament is always quite strong on the fact that you shouldn't lose the first game, which is, I think, if you look historically, a lot of World Cup games and Championship games, a lot of the opening matches are draws because both teams realise the, the value maybe of getting something out of that first game. So it might be cagey, I don't know. It might open up really quickly. 
but we, we'll certainly be playing for the three points. I'm sure the Czech Republic will be. And normally, in, in recent tournaments, three points can, can, can almost guarantee a place in the last 16, so that would be a great start. Three points can almost guarantee you a place in the last 16. What do you make of that, David and Blantyre? Hi, uh, uh, good evening, um, Gordon, uh, David and, uh, and you. I, I think that uh, we win the first game. Um, and you know that after it's, it's taken so long to, be, you know, to get to a tournament, but then you look at the way the fixtures have come out, you think to yourself, well, okay, what's the opportunities here? Um, uh, you know, uh, in regards to the, the way the, the, the games are, I think you need to win the first game. Uh, I think four points will get us through the group. Um, I know that, uh, well, I don't know much about it, but the way that, you know, the, the best third place now that they're doing as well. That might fall into it, but um, I think get get you know obviously a, a good a good start. Um, the England game will take care of itself. I don't want to talk, don't want to talk too much about that, obviously, because um, you don't know how it'll go. But then you know Croatia at the end. Croatia aren't the side that they were. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We will. Um, I, I think clearly, David. I think from one David to another, David, we are the. You obviously do want to start well We heard Stevie Clark there Everyone that's spoken about it I suppose you need that opportunity Because it was all well and good Saying to you guys at France 90 Oh you need to win your first game But you played Brazil So did that How did that affect the, the mindset of Knowing that you obviously want to get off to a good start But then The challenge was pretty big It was pretty big And it was the first game of the World Cup You know it was the opening game of the World Cup And the eyes of the world were on you As they are with all games at the World Cup I suppose But that was a massive game mm -hmm. But that Scotland team felt like they could beat anyone Or felt like they were competitive with anyone So it was st And the game was competitive yeah, close. As, as you said it was fine lines that You know that cost us the game on the day But I, I like the fact Steve was talking about You know we're going to try and win the first game He, he kind of He was up front about it He wasn't saying oh you know Well, well a draw wouldn't be a bad result Or he was saying you know it's, Historically that makes a big impression And we'll try and win the first game So I like the fact he kind of He'd addressed it and he'd approached it and he and he knows what we've got to do. So I think he's handled the media and the message really, really well, Steve. And I'm really positive about our campaign. Do you think that will be reflected in you know the team selection or the way we approach the game, David and Blantyre? Because if there have been criticisms of Stevie Clark in his time at Scotland, there was a there was a period where people felt we were sitting off teams a little bit, and you know we've got good players and we should be kind of going on the front foot. Do you think we'll do that on Monday? Well, well. But... Possibly, but um, you know it, it's taken us so long to to beat a major tournament. Um, why not go? You know, go and attack teams. You know, why not? But a bit more confident, a bit more brave. Go, go and attack them. You know, put the put, you know put ourselves on the front foot um, and give them something to worry about, rather than you know, mm -hmm. okay, a bit cagey, a bit cagey. But you know, why not? I, 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 don't, I don't think there's anything Other than that idea In Steve Clark's mind He keeps using the expression front foot uh, I, I believe that he honestly Understands there's an obligation To make the most of this first game And uh, I, I, He will play two up front Who it will be is anybody's guess But he will play two up front He will be on the front foot Will he though because there is that option there I think it was the first caller if it's Dykes or, or Adams, you know, with, with a with a Christie just tucked in behind, or even McGinn even pushed on forward, that that, that doesn't necessarily have to make it 
Super defensive is that, Would that not still remain a possibility? Well as I understand it And read about it He, he addressed the players And told them Now is the time And it sounds like a cliche But Motivation Is an important part of the game Now is the time for heroes So mm-hmm. You know Heroes Go in a forward direction I get that David What you Having played and coached and managed is, but by playing Adams and Dykes is, is that the only sign that we're going for Or are there other ways of, no, I, of doing I, it Yeah I think that's a really important point I think we all think about how many strikers you've got on the pitch But there's what you do with the ball And there's what you do against the ball And you know whether one striker's dropping in And picking up a midfielder Or turning a midfield four or midfield five Or whatever it is at the time Then there's different ways to skin a cat And you know you look at the personnel Or we all look at the personnel And if there's two strikers we think Oh we're going for it But Often or not That striker will drop into A midfield position And do a, do a job do, do the same job do That, that same John job. McGinn Or Stuart exactly. Armstrong Or Ryan Christie exactly. would do And that's how these teams Steve works like that And he's got good coaches With him who You know they'll have a plan With the ball How to score And they'll have a plan mm-hmm. Without the ball And that'll be different For every game And every team no, Czech Republic A massive set piece threat As well You know again You, you just wonder If we were talking earlier About tailoring things Whether that that is You know if, there, if there's two guys That he's Pretty close You know And it's easy for us to say Oh he should play But, yeah. but maybe that's not Thinking about Czech Republic's set piece threat And maybe The, the slightly bigger one Or the slightly no, more Early dominant one Does get the nod Absolutely I think it's a really important Look point. at Suchek isn't it At West Ham yeah. Seems to score headers For it fun does. that guy It does and, and that's an area Steve will be Very aware of And it's something That he'll take into consideration When picking his team And you know He's he's picked a squad as, as we said earlier But this game Will have certain requirements As you say Set pieces Very mm-hmm. important So you know, Lyndon Dykes, people like that might be mm-hmm. might be even more important because you're you're pulling in somebody with stature who can who can do a job for you there as well. David, great to hear from you. Do have to leave it there, I'm afraid, because we're very late for this travel. But hopefully, we'll speak to you again soon, and we'll take more calls next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. David Weir and Hugh Keevans are here. It's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We are building up, of course, to to Monday really, which is Scotland against the Czech Republic. But Euro twenty twenty gets underway tonight. Turkey up against Italy in Rome. I'm still on the lookout out there I know you'll be listening Some of you maybe you've got An Italian parent Italian grandparent You used to live there Or similar scenario On the Turkey side of things If you've got a vested interest In the game tonight We would love to hear from you So pick up that phone Let's go to Ronnie In Kerluk first Hi Ronnie Hello Hi can you hear us okay? Yeah Good stuff On you go Hi Hugh Years have been lost The first game did you remember in 1974 against Ayer? Did we no one 2 well, two nil in the first game? Uh, yeah, that's correct, yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm pointing out that on uh, six or seven occasions then, uh, they did not win the first game, and that's why it's important. But to refer back to Zaire, uh, Scotland were two up at half-time and didn't score at all in the second half and went out on goal difference. Therefore, the first game was important. The, you know, it... Perhaps the, the weather uh, From memory was exceptionally hot And it had its effect on the, the Scotland players However The fact of the matter is Scored two in the first half Didn't score any in the second half And ultimately Those uh, goals Not scored Turned out to be important Ronnie Changed days eh Where we win the first game But we're complaining That we didn't score enough goals You would take anything on Monday surely I mean it was a bit of a, a robbery with I think Yugoslav was on at that point. Anyway, Hugh, I'd like to tell my team and my reason why for Monday. Go. Cool. 
Um, in my opinion, I know various players go to there in various times, like um, David Marshall, so forth, so forth. But my team, uh, I would play Craig Gordon. Uh, best keeper of three that we've got, although Arm McGregor's much better than any three of them. In my, my defence, I would have Cooper, I would have Patterson, I would have Robertson, and I would have the eight Celtic players who's come on to a really good game. The young boys have made Belgium who could play the year. Jack Henry. Yes, he's a really good player. He's come on loops and bounds. I would have Scott McDonald in front of them. Cairn Turner, the same side as Robertson. I would have Billy Gilmer and I was a Stuart Armstrong. And then I would have John McGann behind Shea Adams. In my opinion, I don't think there's a better team than that. that we've got a lot of right good players that you can change for the bench. Get every bit as strong as it was. It's a starting 11. I like that. I like. I like. I like everyone's courage of their convictions. They'll f- sure they've picked the right team. I'm interested just in in the back line, David, to get your expertise. The the makeup of that back three, Kieran Tierney is nailed on to play at left centre back. I think everyone would agree with that. Then the other two on the right side is it going to be Jack Hendry? Who, let's be honest, if the tournament had taken place a year ago as it was meant to, I don't think he'd be in the discussion. And then that leaves you an interesting choice between Liam Cooper. Are operating at the highest level Out of them all Grant Hanley Who is favoured by Stevie Clark Declan Gallagher Who had a tremendous night In Serbia against Mitrovic What what, what goes into the makeup Of that back three? I think it's a little bit Of what we spoke about Earlier You know Gordon In terms of What what the opposition What their strengths are What what their weaknesses are And how you best nullify that As well And, And also I think all defenders It's how they work together And how they work with each other And I think Kieran Tierney's in and, and it's how You've got away for that problem Of how do you fit mm-hmm. Tierney and Robertson In the same team Nobody even speaks about that now so, mm. so Steve solved that problem So the next bit is You know Getting this, the other two centre-backs right And That's tough You know Because I think There is A similarity between them In terms of You know you, you the Different callers have, play, have picked different players And different combinations And I always like to try And get a balance You know So you've got that left footer On the left Which I think is really good And then naturally You'd want a right-sider with the right foot and Jack Hendry's very good with the ball which I think is very important in the modern day as well Liam Cooper's playing at a great level he's a leader he's a captain you can tell he's got a really strong character and I think he helps players round about them as well What, so what are Liam Cooper's strengths? Because I know you'll have, you'll have watched him closely and you obviously know the position far better than than us because obviously Gallagher was in that night because he's just very dominant very tall yeah. and, and did a specific job on Mitrovic you know that Henry and Tierney are there because they're quick yeah. what, what specifically will Will Cooper bring and would th- he be the one you would pick I think Cooper makes players round about and better we, I work for Brighton now and we had a lone player at least Ben White two years ago so I watched Leeds a lot and Ben played with Liam Cooper a lot and Liam Cooper just made him better he just kind of he's understated he's quiet he's not he's like a kind of quiet leader you know mm-hmm. he just helps the players round about and be better and He's just a, a real good professional. You know, he, he's no one you always notice in the games or, or really see him standing out, but he just gets the job done. And I think, um, you know, he would he would really help the teammates around about him. And Jack Hendry and, um, you know, players like that with not a lot of experience, I think that would be a good blend. Look, Grant Hanley's had a really strong season again as well at, at Norris, being promoted to be full of confidence and he's got really good attributes as well. I think it's a good problem to have and... You've got to trust Steve. Steve's working with him every day. He's, you mm-hmm. know, he's working with him over a period of time, and he'll have his his mind made up. He'll so, know you, did you hear is. that? He works for Brighton now. 
about you've moved on to a oh, higher no. level of intelligence David, David you're going to regret that This guy never shuts up about Brighton The grandkids are down there He's going to be pestering you for tickets every week When the season If crowds get let back in of course You better believe it <laughs> um, Do you know what Hugh though This is this is what a build up to a tournament is We're getting excited about picking the centre backs Now I know David won't mind me saying It's usually the, the goal getters that get everyone hot under the collar the, When they're debating who should yeah. play it's going to be such an interesting choice for Stevie Clark. It, based on the level they're playing at and based on the last few games, most people are, are going for Cooper or Hanley. I think that's pretty clear. But again, would it be so outrageous that if you were talking about a real aerial threat from Czech Republic, that Declan Gallagher does the exact same job that he had oh. to do in Serbia? We've got serious options. If Stevie Clark was listening to this programme, he would turn to... He will be, I'm sure of it. Turn to Stephen Reid and uh, to John Carver and say... How am I supposed to satisfy the great <laughs> Scottish public? Because every man has a different interpretation and if any ladies are waiting to call, every man, woman and child will have a different interpretation of what the starting lineup should be against the Czech Republic. Uh, I, I repeat, football long ago ceased to be a living man game. Uh, impact subs are so-called because of a very good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, thankfully... Have a strength and depth now That we have not had for a long time And it's only natural that that strength and depth Is utilised uh, Ronnie, are you confident then At what lies ahead on Monday? Well when you look at the team There must be seven Intercept stars there A Rangers player who had a up here Who's come in for um, James Tavernier It's a hard, hard act to follow mm-hmm. I would definitely play um, Cooper uh, it leads because um, he played at a different level for Harley and Norwich. He was playing the Premiership Championship. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Harley will be back there next season, but you're absolutely right on the campaign they just finished. Thank you very much. That was Ronnie in Carluk. You can get in touch on the phones. You can tweet as well. And what about this message that's just reached me, Hugh, from from uh-huh. the from the big boss in here, right? From the oh. big boss in here who is a Falkirk fan and is is, is starstruck at even hearing yeah. Davy Weir on the show. She says that she has met Leonardo DiCaprio, oh. but nothing compares to Davy Weir and Simon Stainrod. Ah. There we go, honestly. Simon with the, the selective hats and all the rest of it. We went for the throats and we ripped them out, said Simon one day. There he was well. a superstar at Falkirk, Simon Stainrod. Was he? he yeah. Was yeah. Maverick. yeah, what a player. He got them promoted almost on his own. He was, he's, they still talk about him there. Him and Chris Waddle, I think, were the two um, top players. Now lives Kevin McAllister as well. Simon, is he still in France? France? He was an agent for a while, yeah. He lives in France now. Well, we're delighted to have Davy Weir. I I think he was delighted to be here. This might change things, though. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. The producer came through to me at like two minutes to six and he says, have you told Davy Weir about Beat the Pundit and what it is? And I said, no, I'm just going to wait and we'll just... If if the coin lands on Davy Weir, he's going to have to learn on the job. But you lot know what it's all about. So if you want to play tonight, 0141 951 1025, get your calls in. You need to do it before seven because Beat the Pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Davy Weir are still here. You would think, actually, after what I said before the break, that I would have spent the break explaining what Beat the Pundit is, um, but we didn't. So, um, but who knows? Let's see what happens. It might be Hugh Evans anyway. It's certainly going to be this man. Let's meet him. 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time, David Weir. It's very simple. I'll toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be Hugh Keevans that plays and you breathe a sigh of relief. If it's tails, you take on Gary and Delmarnock. You take turns at answering as many questions right as you can And whoever gets the most right wins a signed ball Well you don't win the signed ball We just get to keep it um, It's that simple Gary is in Delmarnock How's it going Gary? It's going well Good stuff Are you hoping to take advantage of David Weir's beginners uh, Or lack of experience I should say It's been a long time since anyone said they lacked experience uh, Yes Right well we'll wait and see Heads it will be Hugh Keevans And tails you will get your wish and it will be David Weir Are we Are the, the listeners winning this week? I think they might be Or it's a draw certainly It's been a, a bit of a mixed bag Heads it will be Hugh Tails It will be David Weir You're off the hook You are off the hook I can't believe it It's Hugh Keevans <laughs> Up against Gary from Delmarnock So Hugh are you ready? Yeah I'll give you some Clyde 2 to listen to Just so that you can't hear our answers Right Gary 30 seconds on the clock You are going head to head with Hugh And you can pass That's all you need to know You ready? Okay, right, 30 seconds and your time starts now Who scored Scotland's only goal against Brazil at France 98? Pass Who missed a St Johnston penalty in the Scottish Cup final? Pass Who won number 8 for Celtic immediately before Scott Brown? Paul Lambert Who won the last Euros, Euro 2016? Portugal Which Chelsea player scored the only goal of the Champions League final recently? Alan Hutton broke Rangers transfer record in 2008 when he moved to which English team? Norwich Okay Let's bring back Hugh Keevans Hugh can you hear us? I can Great Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Your time starts now Who scored Scotland's only goal against Brazil at France 98? John Collins Who missed a penalty for St Johnston in the Scottish Cup final recently? Oh pass Who wore the number 8 for Celtic immediately before Scott Brown? Pass. Which nation won the last Euros 2016? Um, Port- uh, Portugal <laughs> Which Chelsea player scored the only goal in the Champions League final? Uh, Mason Mount Alan Hutton broke Rangers transfer record in 2008 when he moved to which English side? Aston Villa <laughs> Gentlemen, Hugh Keevans and Gary and Domanek, that was not a classic was it? <laughs> No, I thought you'd hung up Gary But you're still No here. no A wee bit embarrassed <laughs> uh, Well listen All I would say is Hugh didn't do that much better Let's find out the damage First one Who scored Scotland's only goal Against Brazil At France 98 Gary I feel like that's my fault I feel like you had my words of If you don't know Just pass quickly Ringing in your ear Because if you'd taken your second You would have known John Collins Wouldn't you I know I know I know my fault right Hugh Keevans is 1-0 in front Who missed a St Johnston penalty In the Scottish Cup final Glenn Middleton Oh, Remember? of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who wore number eight for Celtic immediately before Scott Brown? I, I, I would never have got that. Alan Thompson. Wow. That was tough. Producer Callum's at it tonight, right? Who won Euro 2016? Portugal. You both got it. That's at least a sigh of relief, Gary. Even if you don't yeah. win, you can face your family and not die of embarrassment for not getting any right. Exactly. 2 1 to Hugh. Kai Havertz scored the Chelsea goal. Ah, of course. And I must admit, I thought at least one of you would get this. Alan Hutton, David Weir, who did he go to? Spurs. It was Spurs. Ah. He did eventually play for Aston Villa. And uh, Gary, I, I, I don't know where your answer came from, to be quite honest. But <laughs> no, no offence. It was a, a one for you, Gary, and a two for Hugh Keevans. Hard lines. Scruffy win. Okay, I'm Scruffy happy with win, that. Gary. He's happy with that. Gary's got low expectations. That's fine. <laughs>
<laughs> Brilliant, that was Gary in Dilmarnock Beat the pundit back on Monday David Weir, I think you would have squished that as well I'm not sure, I'd go no? first and the last But I'm in the middle of the night <laughs> right, scramble okay. That was your chance to lie Because they'll <laughs> never come back You could have said you would have got them all right Okay, 01419511025 on the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter Euro 2020 does get underway tonight by the way you might be uh, forgiven for thinking it waits until Monday with The way we've been banging on But for us it does um, But nevertheless Hugh There's always something special about the first game Turkey against oh. Italy in Rome You'll be more interested in Andrea Bocelli's performance yeah. in football probably on you um, But it's always great to see that first game Opening ceremony Get a real, f- real flavour for the tournament Well I have to think Given that it's in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome Given that uh, Roberto Mancini has done a terrific job with the national team I have to think That they will get off To a winning start And incidentally Point of trivia Did you know that Andrea Bocelli Is going to appear <laughs> I know where this is going Inverness Cali Thistle Stadium yeah. I just wonder wow. when, when the career's all done When he rhymes off Everywhere he's played yeah. Coliseum or whatever Madison Square Garden I'd I wonder if he'll when, add when Leicester the Tullo- City. Is it the Tullock Caledonian Stadium Is it still yeah. called that a, a, a man who went there to the Leicester City Championship winning celebrations and sang <laughs> there and he's going to turn up in Inverness good for you Andrea a lovely part of the world to be fair right we did say we wanted to hear from Scots you know with maybe an Italian or a Turkish connection who were going to enjoy the game tonight I'm pleased to say Ramon joins us on the line from I'm very specific with the location here from the fan zone at Glasgow Green to enjoy the game how's it going Ramon? Not bad, are you going? Not bad at all. What's it like down there then? Because there's obviously been a lot of. No, I'm not there yet. I'm oh, just walking around. I'm just I'm getting the, in the closer, getting a wee sneaky one in before. Right, okay. <laughs> but you're but you're looking forward to going to the fan zone then. Definitely, yeah. Good stuff. Right, okay. So you are is is it the Italian connection, Turkish connection? Who are you backing tonight? Oh, we're not we're not divulging the, the background here. Our relationship. Yeah, Ramon happens to be my brother-in-law, by the way. <laughs> Oh, well, I was, was going to leave it up to him If he wanted to tell people that or not In case he's ashamed to be associated no, Ramon is obviously a blabbermouth Ah that's fine there are no secrets It was never designed to be a secret uh, there, there we go So no it's the, it's the Italian background My mother's Italian I'm proud of my Italian heritage And my Italian background So yeah I want uh, the jury to do well tonight Is there You always hear that phrase about you know Dark horses and I don't know if you can Label a team like Italy who's won so much as Dark Horses But they, they wouldn't be in the immediate favourites I'm sure you'd agree However, 27 games unbeaten 100% in qualifying for the first time ever Are they getting enough credit ahead of this tournament? Well, I think that's where they like it To be honest, 2006 they were the Dark Horses as well And they went on and won the World Cup So I think they like it that way to be honest What should we be looking out for in, in the squad? The team's obviously been announced tonight um, who, who would be the, kind of, the main hopes? Who are you pinning them on? Uh, I'll just look at the team there It's actually quite strong I quite like the team But uh, obviously get the two centre-halves They're kind of coming to the end of their reign They're quite strong Gellini and Bonucci They're always You know you know what they give you But um, nah, The defence The Italians have always had a really strong defence But that's uh, I think you need to score goals as well But uh, Boy up front Immobile He's good He'll get you goals But their midfield's really Quite young and dynamic just now So I think that's quite um, Quite interesting um, and they've got like Donnarumma and goals. He's very good goalkeeper. I think he's going to PSG. They're saying so. He's gonna come to the end of his contract in Milan. But yeah, I've actually seen that. Uh, uh, there's another story just popped up there. Even Chelsea interested. I'm sure he'll have a, a list of suitors. Is he is he the real deal? Is he going to go and make an impact elsewhere in Europe as he has done in Italy? Donnarumma. Yep. 
I think he just likes the money. He wants to go whoever's paying him the most. But no, he is good. He's very good. He's very good. To be honest, if uh, somebody's going to take the gloves off Buffon, then it's going to be him. That's how you paid for all your daughter's wedding Exactly, I've lived by that philosophy all my life And, and David Weir, if we're talking We've got our own experienced defender I'm sure you watch on with Great admiration for that experienced Back duo um, For Italy, it gives them that foundation to build on And then we'll see what that young Dynamic midfield can come up with Yeah, well they, they are the creme de la creme Benucci and um, Cellini And then Barzagli was another one who Over the years just almost like Seem like they're playing every game And seem like they've been playing for years And just having that level of consistency Domestically and internationally So that's a great base For your team And then the two boys up front Or the forward type players Immobile and Insigne mm-hmm. They've got some real talent Italy And like you say They go under the radar But they won't be far away They never are And um, they didn't qualify for the uh, last level yeah. I don't think So they'll be raring to go and do well So in the games in Rome You know potentially they could get a That's the thing about this tournament You know we're obviously playing at home in some games mm-hmm. England are playing at home Holland are playing at home There's some interesting dynamics there That will affect the game And how the, the teams deal with that You were telling us During the break You got Turkey in your sweepstake <laughs> So we know who you're supporting tonight you giving them much of a chance? They have They've got a chance they're, they're capable as well I think Turkey are Capable of beating anybody on their day Because they have got A level of talent And they've maybe not got that consistency mm-hmm. to, to win the tournament I hope I'm wrong for The reasons we spoke about But um, I think it'll be an interesting game And I think it's a really good game And I think it's a really good tournament There's not there's not really any weak teams, and I think to a degree, almost anybody can mm-hmm. beat anybody as well. So it's all about who plays well on the yeah, day. I, mean, I think, I think Turkey had the best defensive record in the entire UEFA qualifying section. So oh. that that perhaps tells you how difficult they're going to be. But Ramona, a winning start for your team this evening, I assume. Supporting Scotland, but um, I think if we're all being honest, uh, Italy have got a more realistic chance of winning it than Scotland, but. Um, yeah, maybe that's me just being a wee bit of glue on it But um, No I was I was in Italy When they won the 2006 World Cup um, And I would Give anything to be there Over in Italy Just now When they're kicking off Because the atmosphere over there Is just unbelievable But um, No I, If they get off to a winning start They're notorious Slow starters in the tournaments Italy But if they go off to a good start tonight Then I think they could go and do quite well to be honest. Forget Rome when Glasgow Green gets in full swing, you'll know, you'll know you're in the right place. Enjoy your night. That's that. Gordon, I just say it's been pretty weird speaking to you with that radio voice. Ah, that's fine. I know we'll turn it off. Back to normal on Sunday, yeah? absolutely. That was uh, my brother in law. This was yeah. it's a weird place at times. Hugh Keevens, yeah. I, I don't really know what to say about that. It's strange. You get weird and wonderful character. He sounds a bit chirpier than usual when he said it was just one in the Clutha before. Before going to the fan zone well, I wonder if his arithmetic is He'll have wee Jason Leach on his case If he's not careful You know If you're going there Behave Otherwise They're going to close mm. the place Right 01419511025 Twitter at Clyde SSB um, It's always good to you though Just to get a feel for, for The other teams in the tournament as well Right oh. now we're concerned about Czech Republic Let's be honest But You know it's just good to, to See the other players And who's going to catch the eye Because These tournaments can be Memorable for reasons other than what your own nation does. Yeah, I think your interest in these uh, competitions, perhaps if you're an out and out Scotland fan, uh, it diminishes over the years because you didn't get to that one, and then you didn't get to the next one, and then you didn't get to the one after that, uh, and you begin to become highly sceptical. And you know, speaking to people earlier on today who Expressed the view to me That they genuinely thought We might never Ever hmm. Get back to a major tournament So that, I think that's why 
um, from the wee girl uh, at St Stephen's Primary School who started the campaign to get. Oh, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, to get the. Uh, uh, the kids to watch the game on the television and John McGinn being a former pupil at the school and he backed them and that started the whole campaign uh, and you know come Monday afternoon kids in schools all over the country will be in school but watching Scotland Scotland mm. are on the curriculum we're talking about Italy playing in Rome tonight David it's a, it's a strange tournament in the city you know even pre-pandemic the fact that it was going to be split across various host nations what how big is the Hamden factor? It's not it's not a home game in the sense that you've got 50,000 Scotland fans. It's going to be far from that because the tickets are split. Then you add in the pandemic. But can it still go in our favour? I think it is. I think it, there's definitely some consistency in that in terms of where, where you're likely to stay, your surroundings, you know the dressing rooms, you know the pitch, you know all the things around about it that will help. So I think it's definitely an advantage. Unfortunately, you know, we spoke about a lot, the, the stadium's not going to fill, be full, which would have really, really helped. But... I think there is definitely an element that it can help us if we use it in the right way and hopefully we will and I'm sure Steve's mm-hmm. thought about that and, and thought about what he can do to, to take advantage of that as much as he can. Yeah and I'm sure, I mean it's not like it's going to go unnoticed but you just wonder if he'll you know, use that in terms of actually speaking to the players about it look this is our home, we're familiar yeah. here and, and let's make that count. He will, he'll be creating a story for them I think you know I've heard some things in the press about you know becoming legends by qualifying again because we've all mm-hmm. spoke about how long it's taken for us to do that and they've done that and they've grasped that and you know they'll take a lot of pride for that and then the next step is you know getting out of that mm-hmm. group stage because we've never done that so you know again they can go and be legends they can go and be the first team to do that and there's nothing better than you know than being the first or, or being the initial one to do it what was and I'm asking a lot of you here right on the, on the memory stakes but what was the messaging from Craig Brown then at, at France 98 what sort of things were, were thrown at you guys for Extra motivation If such a thing's needed the, the motivation for us Was we were playing against The best team in the world And in the opening game Of the, the World Cup You know So there was no bigger stage But Craig Had you believe in You know Craig was very very clever And he was very very good At playing down the opposition You know in terms of You know Not, not overestimating <laughs> Playing down Brazil <laughs> But that's how it was You know genuinely That's how he was And some of it was Was comical to a degree But it got you believing That you could win And that, that Scotland team Was very competitive And the game was competitive mm-hmm. So he got it right And unfortunately we didn't quite get the result But he put us in the best frame of mind And in the best state we could to actually win the game And he was very good at that He never built him up You were never, He never went into a game thinking you were inferior Or you couldn't win mm-hmm. And he almost like brought the opposition down to, down to our level with the I like that uh, Peter is in the shadow of Hamden And he's got some thoughts on Scotland's attack And we're going to hear them next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard David Weir is here Hugh Keevans is alongside him And Peter in the shadow of Hamden Has been waiting for ages to get on the phone So Peter take it away My apologies for keeping you hanging on Hi guys Hello Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no, listen, I'm really enjoying the show tonight. Enjoying uh, listening to people's lineups, who they think should start on Monday. I'm just a little bit confused because I really think uh, Christie deserves to start. And I think people are already saying, well, no, actually, it's going to be Shea Adams and Mike starting up front, which, again, I realise, yeah, it'd be good to get on the front foot. But I think Scotland get the most out of uh, Christie. Well, when he got us here, played a, a pivotal role in, in Serbia. You know, he's got high energy. He never leaves anyone alone. He's always chasing the ball. You know, um, 
listen, I know he's maybe shooting a wee bit wayward sometimes, whatever, but we could have just imagined the delight of him pinging one in the top corner, bending with his left foot. You know, so I, I think he always plays at a higher level, uh, with putting on the, the blue jersey. And, yeah, I think the way Scotland have played him, you know, yeah, just in that hole. So, again, he's got the energy to chase back, but he's a box-to-box player. So, I, I just, I'm a little bit confused that it's a done deal that he's, but, he's already but, been forgotten about, but, you know. But your, your confusion may be unfounded confusion, Peter, because for all we know, Stevie Clark's got him in the team. No, but Peter's talking about the reaction from other people who don't, Suggest You know we've been hearing Lots of opinions And Peter's right No one's put Ryan Christie in their team yet But no one has the same team You know every caller Has a, a tweak Here or there yeah, but no, The common theme is No Ryan Christie Well um, Again He might be in the team For all mm. we know um, But And I do agree That his shooting uh, Can sometimes be erratic But I can't think of a better goal Off the top of my head Than the one he scored In December against Hearts In the The cup final uh, so yeah He's an outstanding player um, I'm not sure That he will start the game But Peter makes a, a perfectly valid case For him starting the game This is the age old Debate about international football Davey it's You know Are you talking about The form for, for a club team And how you finish the season And all the rest of it If that's the case Ryan Christie probably wouldn't edge in ahead of the others he is a favourite of Stevie Clark's though He scored some very good goals for Scotland None more so than the one in Serbia that night And he was tremendous And that night after the game He gave the interview, he was in tears He was the darling of the nation that night Celtic have struggled He has struggled Just like his teammates have You know, No, no, no worse than anyone else but What does that mean for his likelihood of playing on Monday? I think it's really difficult I think that area of the pitch We've got such strength You know you look at McTominay's And we've spoke about Billy Gilmore Potentially playing And John McGinn's And you know Stuart Armstrong's And Callum McGregor's There, There is real quality in there So it's a really hard position To get in And I think it'll go down to how And we're guessing We don't know what mm-hmm. Steve's thinking On this game He sounded really positive In terms of going and trying Winning this game So there's different ways To win a game yeah. You know there's different ways to, to be really aggressive Or two up front Or play somebody in And behind the is striker it, and, well. and the thing is Even, even at that though uh, Peter I wonder if there's still competition there isn't there Because even if we did decide to go one striker Say it was Dykes or Adams And you're looking for someone off Someone with a bit of legs to get about And, and help us get, you know, press and so on You could also include Ryan Fraser in that debate as well Couldn't you? Yeah, sorry you're talking to me Yeah, <laughs> yeah no absolutely Although he's, he's just come back from an injury So again I think he's been unlucky to miss out uh, But yeah his delivery from the left Again would be good Again Sorry we're talking Forgetting about James Forrest Who went through A purple patch But he's been injured as well So mm-hmm. again it's great We're talking about Strength and depth And uh, people Vying for Different positions But Yeah listen It's just my opinion But I still I can't see Anyone better Playing that Kind of Forwards mm-hmm. uh, You know Attacking role In the centre of the park And he just wants the ball And He, he gets everywhere You know but, that's my opinion so. No I'm still And I'm delighted that you shared it with us Because Peter's right There was a spell Hugh That It was really the September, October, November time When we qualified You know he scored the goal um, Against Serbia As everyone knows But in the lead up to that as well I think would it have been the The meeting before Last Put it this way When we beat Czech Republic over there And I know they had their 
Covid problems and whatever But he scored that game He, he scored against Israel He scored a terrific goal um, Over in Cyprus for, for Stevie Clark So He has Produced for For Scotland Not not too long ago I mean Put it this way Since that Serbia game I think he's only got about Five caps since So it's not like oh. he's then Had 20 You know Disappointing games for Scotland Steve Clark keeps on saying He's got headaches All over the park And that Christie will represent Another headache For him uh, It'll be a long old weekend for Steve Clark. Uh, I'd like to know how many crumpled pieces of paper are lying at the bottom of his uh, desk in his hotel room. Um, Ryan Christie, I think, will have as good a chance as anybody of playing, but Steve Clark can only put a living on the park. I think as well, Gordon, like Steve's working with these guys every day. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing what they're doing every day, how they're performing. He's seeing what, you know, how much energy they've got. A lot of them have had a hard season. Some ended well, some not so well. Mm-hmm. So he'll be seeing them and we've got to trust him to make that decision based on what he sees day and day. Yeah, that, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up because in France 98 then, did you get the impression that you could win a place in the team at training? Or you could bump your, you know, you could... You could bump yourself up the list of guys who were going to come on if you weren't starting the game. To be honest, no, I didn't. I thought no. that team was really established, that and I think they had earned the right. I think we, I, I felt like a squad player going there, and I felt like you know what, these lads have earned the right to to get a crack at this. So I felt like you know I was it was going to be an injury or it was going to be mm-hmm. a late sub. I never actually went to the tournament thinking I'm going to start a game or really get involved. I was hopeful, but and I knew I'd train as well as I could, but I never really had that expectation. Whereas I think in this squad. Probably 20 players think they've got a real strong shout at starting. Why do you think it was David Weir instead of Matt Elliott that was put on then? You're the man who set up that goal, Craig Burley. What, what gave I've you the got, edge? I've got no idea. <laughs> that's that's a question for Craig Brown, but I'm just delighted he did. It was then one of those sliding doors moments. Huh? certainly was. Uh, thank you to Peter. This always happens from Peter to Paul. Let's bring in uh, Paul in Cumbernauld. What's your take on the next couple of days, Paul? Yeah, mate. What I said to Callum earlier was uh, regarding... The magnitude, I don't know if these, it's obviously a young squad, if they recognise it themselves, if they go to that group with the first squad up to do it, David Weir stole my thunder a wee bit there. <laughs> no, you can elaborate much better than he did. No, I just, I think the magnitude of it, and everybody keeps going on about England, England been blowing the same trumpet for 55 years, no one nothing. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. The, the magnitude. I, I don't think any Scottish player who has witnessed the last 23 years of non-participation at these events would fail to understand the magnitude of the occasion. I think the reaction of the players after the penalty shootout win in Serbia told you all you needed to know about how much it meant to them to Mm -hmm. be there. They have already gained the grateful thanks of a country for Qualifying after that 23 year hiatus So they know And they understand But they have to be professional In their outlook They have to accept That the Czech Republic game Will set the tone They have to completely forget About next Friday In London That's got nothing to do with anything Get Monday out of the way first And do the very best you can But no matter how young Nathan Patterson Billy Gilmer, David Turnbull, whoever, no matter how old, Craig Gordon, um, David Marshall, John McLaughlin, no matter how old or how young, they understand fully what Monday means. Depends what way you spin it, Davey. I think we are, I, I think from memory, I think we're bang smacking average age for, for the tournament. I think we're right in the middle. 
Um, what we don't have re- And the reason for that We've only got Four I think it is 23 or under And we've only got one outfield player Over 30 Who's Declan Gallagher So pretty much everyone Is in that mid-section That 24 to to 29 Not like the squad you said You know you yeah. were talking about France 98 And all being Maybe you know towards the, the end of their career What do you make of the The makeup of it In the sort of The, the, the dynamic It's been a similar age And as Hugh says Will they, will they all get it? I think that's a, a really important point, you know, in terms of they're going into the unknown. These lads, they've not they've not been at a tournament before. You know, our group in '98, the vast majority had been at '96 mm-hmm. and and before, but this group are are going. They've never nobody's been at a tournament, so it's it's very unknown. So you don't know how they're going to react. And I think you know this is probably wasn't what end they want to hear. But the next tournament, they're going to be better as a result of the experiences they've had in yeah. this one. So they'll take learning from this, but also. You know they could really surprise us in terms of really like it and the group age sounds good I like the, the group age that is there's no real senior players there's players who are still hungry mm-hmm. we're not seeing it as a, a last hurrah they're seeing it as going and doing well and going and being successful and they don't have any fear of failure because they've never had that whereas Scotland's mm-hmm. always been kind of tired previously by at that it. time yeah they've not got that they're just going into this thinking you know we can really write a legacy here and they've already done it by qualifying it so it's almost mm-hmm. like a shot to nothing So what I took from Davey Weir saying there Paul Is that we might only reach the semis this time But we'll win the next <laughs> World Cup Does that sound okay? Would you settle for that? I wouldn't uh, aye, But I can see Scotland winning on Monday And I can see them beating England <sighs> I, I, I wouldn't Stick I, I would like to I would like to hope You're right That would be good to you What a week that would be Yeah We'll uh, wait and see what, what, I can't believe I'm going to use The managerial cliche That we hate hearing on the show But uh, let's take one game at a time uh, Well You have no other option And Steve Clark. You know, we spoke earlier about Craig Brown and Craig's efforts were sometimes diminished by people who ref- used to refer to him as the school teacher. You know, yeah, he was a former school teacher, but he was a really good football manager and a, a good motivator of men. And Steve Clark strikes me as the studious type as well, uh, possibly serious of mind, studious by nature, and he understands the complexity of the situation, but also the enormity of the situation and how great it would be if we get the out of the group for the first time ever. So, in Steve, we trust. Don't worry, we're going to have Craig Brown on the show at some point. We're pulling all the heavy hitters. Davey Weir, we had Simon Donnelly, he was the youngest member of the France 98 squad. Craig Brown's coming up in the next couple of weeks and uh, loads of others as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, it's been a really positive show, Davey. 90 minutes in, real positivity. So I'll bring you crashing back down to earth. What... What what about the disappointments that the near misses and all? What ones kind of stick in the throat the most? Oh, there's so many to be honest. Obviously, the England game at Wembley where we lost the first game at Hamden and then we played them in the mm. the second leg. We went down, we played really well in the night, won the lot, and Christian had a great chance to score a header, keeper saves it, and that was so near and yet so far. I go, I can remember um, Belgium scoring a header at Hamden against us. Um, that was a. It was a real low blow. They were down to ten men. I think it got them a draw. And mm-hmm. That was Craig Brown's last match. Yeah, that was a real disaster. That Mark Rollmots was playing, and um, we thought that was going to be our time. There's been so many instances where we're playing against really good teams mm-hmm. in really competitive games, and just the Italian campaign we beat France home and away, you know, and beat Ukraine at home. And I'm start know. I'm starting to think you're right. I wonder if any. The good thing is you you played in the tournament, so you've got that. But after that. Your career would have spanned every single one pretty of those much, near yeah, misses, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, I was responsible for most of that. No, Sorry, not again. far <laughs> from it. But you know, like you said, yeah, the Italian campaign that just pff, to beat France twice, just unbelievable, yeah. wasn't it? It wasn't. You know, it's ultimately it's disappointing because you go in these tournaments to 
to get to the tournament, get to the mm-hmm. final stages, and we never managed to do that. But within that, still some unbelievable results, some unbelievable occasions mm-hmm. as well. That Italian game at Hamden was one of the best atmospheres mm-hmm. that I've ever, and I've been fortunate enough to be in a few of the best atmospheres. And it was later on, so I think there was a few mm-hmm. drinks consumed, but I've never <laughs> experienced an atmosphere like <laughs> remind, that. Remind me again, so when was the last cap? Um, well, that's a good question. I think it would be about 2011. Yeah, um, that's kind of roughly what, what I had in mind. So would that be, once it gets to that stage, you've seen the tournament, you've seen the various types of you know, campaign after that, the ones mm. that are over before they begin, the absolute disasters, the ones that lead to parliamentary inquiries and blueprints for where we go, then the, the near misses. Once you then get to 2011... And you've seen all those different types of disappointment. Did you think that pff, maybe we are done here at international tournaments? I think you start to you, you don't accept that. You never do. It's not not my nature. It's not many people's natures. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But you know, you do get used to getting disappointed, and you do get used to not qualifying. And I think we as a country had um, got to the stage where we said, "Will we ever see that again?" Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this group and this manager and the, and the ones before Alex McLeish and, and people like that and Gordon Strachan we've contributed to that as well. And in some way, shape or form, deserve a lot of credit for getting over that hurdle and getting us back and getting us positive and getting us talking about mm-hmm. football and being part of a tournament that's in our own country as well. What a, what a great occasion, what a great opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you to Paul and Cumbernauld. Incidentally, I think Robert and Mary Hill has got a question about Davy Weir's Scotland career. So that's perfect timing. Uh, Robert, take it away. Ask your question. Ah, uh, yeah, how's things, guys? Good, thank you. Are you well? Ah, uh, good, thank you. Good, man. Um, just a wee quick question for David Beer, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his best ever Scotland player he's played alongside with and his best ever international game he's played in? I love that, Robert, because he's going to upset like 50 <laughs> people here. If you had to pick one, David, who, who, who springs to mind? I'll let you mention, you can give a couple of notable oh, mentions. Oh, it's tough, that, you know, because I was like, I was across lots of different. Um, eras as well so yeah. playing in that World Cup when you're playing with Gary McAllister well Gary McAllister never played but he played in the campaign and after it and John Collins and top players like that Colin Hendry and people like that mm-hmm. Andy Gorham and then you know playing with the Darren Fletchers and the James McFadden's and stuff like that who were really good players for their country as well so I was fortunate Barry Ferguson was a great player for his country and for domestically as well and um, that's a really hard one to pick but what, what I would say and this doesn't answer your question but the best one I played against was Zinedine Zidane like we lost one game in particular. Was that the fight? Five, five, no, and like I've never. He was seen outrageous, wasn't I've he? Never seen anything like it. it. Just you know, you think you're playing football, and you think you're a football player, and you see that, <laughs> and you go, "I've got a lot to learn," and and I'm not got enough time to learn it. That, what in particular? I mean, is that the type of night where I don't know? Do you guys then afterwards say, like, what what about him? Sort of thing. Is it? Does it leave that that impression? I definitely, on you? yeah. It does it's just. And I, I've been fortunate to play against some really good players and, you know, Messi's and Ronaldo's and things like that. And But on that day, and I think that was sort of normal for him. You know, mm. just, you, do, you didn't know if he was right-footed, left-footed. You didn't know if he was a forward or midfielder. You know, he could have played anywhere on the pitch and just whatever he did, he just did it with ease and he just did it with class. And, you know, it was on a completely different level and, you know, he did it consistently, consistently for such a long period. He's got some highlights, real um, Robert. I, I did. I appreciate it. it. Would have been a difficult question for David Weir to pick one. What that maybe tells you, though, Robert. Although we, we, we didn't get to a tournament. A lot of those players that he rhymed off. That we've had, we've had some good players that were unfortunate. It would have been good to see some of those names at a major tournament, wouldn't it? Oh yes. Um, you know, Dan Fletcher. You know, amazing midfielder. 
Colton Hendry, you know, that's another you know, another great great guy, you know, winning the premiership with Blackburn, you know done everything. So well, a lot of quite a good big name, so you know could have made that. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the, just just purely an, an age thing. I do remember France '98, but for my generation of Scotland fans, it, the near misses were often carried by James McFadden, and it was that kind of just a, a guy who didn't really seem to matter what was happening at club level. He, he was Scotland's main man, regardless of whether he'd been playing for his club or not. And that was um, that he he would be one of the ones over that period, wouldn't he? That you would jump out and say. Not, 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 yeah, it would have been lovely to see guys like that yeah, go to a tournament. Definitely, and he deserved that probably more than more than most in terms of he James's level in the international games was special. He and he loved playing for Scotland. You know, we all did, but he his performance showed how much he enjoyed it and how much he liked it, and he raised his level within those games and you know scored some fantastic goals and had some great performances and did it continuously for a period of time. You know, he almost carried the team on his, mm-hmm. on his shoulders in some games as well. So that would have been great for him, you know, for it to do that. No doubt. Robert, before we let you go, I know you did want to give someone a wee mention, so don't want to, to rob yeah. you of the chance on you go. Um, it's a friend of mine's, um, we drink down at Oswald's pub down Oak Street. I don't know if I can advertise the name. Ah, you're fine. Why it's not? It's a, a good Rangers pub, so if maybe we ever want to come in or... <laughs> You've got signed stuff up on the walls. There we go. Feel free. Yeah. But it's a, I want have a best friend. Miriam, her name is. She goes at all the Rangers games and a diehard David Weir fan. So we've got a for a wee shout out. There we go. Yeah. You've just done it. Of course, no problem, Falkirk. Not far from the old Brockville, that either. So I know that pub well. So. Um. <laughs> And I noticed you no, no invitation for you To no, go to that no, Rangers no, pub no, Interestingly I, I, enough I found that a strange admission <laughs> I'll get you in somewhere Thank I can't you. imagine what I've done Thank you Robert 01419511025 We're about to get underway In Euro 2020 How good does that sound? We'll do that next Number one for football In Glasgow and the West 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Been a quick show tonight We're into the final part With Davy Weir And Hugh Evans, there is still time for you to get your call in Euro 2020 is about to get underway as well By the way, Turkey up against Italy tonight um, As always, I should point out We're going to finish this show with all week I've been asking you for your Scotland songs Maybe you've written one Maybe you've taken the time Or your pals are in a band Or whatever it is I want you to send your Scotland songs over And we've been trying to finish off the show every night uh, with that, we've got one with a bit of a twist tonight, I should say, but we're going to be on for the next few weeks. So please keep sending them in to at Clyde SSB on Twitter, or if you want to send them to me at Gordon Duncan Seven. So fire them over. Um, we've got quite a nice wee uh, back catalogue building up there. Let's bring in Dominic, who's an East Bride. Dominic, it doesn't need to be international football; it can be club football, whatever you want. What's your point tonight? Hi, uh, Gordon. How are you doing? Glad to have you back after just two weeks off. Enjoyed it, but good. Listen, you'd love you'd love to be back when it's the Euros, Dominic. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're quite right. Hi, hi Davey and uh, Uncle Q. Hi there. Hello there. Uh, it was just a, a quick one before uh, you finish up for the night. Mm-hmm. It was just to see what does you think about Postacoglu coming to Celtic? What does he know? Because I've seen from what I've seen, Gordon, I think he's, it's going to be... Because you're a bit Rangers man, right? But I think he's going to be the next Pedro Cassini. It's just because he's just come out of the unknown. So just what, so just what, because you've just because we've not heard of him though, that means he's going to be the same as Pedro Cassini. All right. But, but, yeah, but, but Pedro Cassini was the exact same. He was the other, and he talked to talk, and look how that turned out. Because I can't see I can't see Postecoglou getting this at the 
amount of time that Gerard got at Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I, I do get that, Hugh, but it's also a bit of a dangerous road to go down to assume that everybody you've never heard of isn't, you know, is going to flop. I would, I would also dispute that uh, you've never heard of him because you know, yeah, you know what I mean. No. Yeah, I think in the space of a week, Gordon, he went from being someone who was Google searched by Celtic and Rangers supporters alike. Uh, to being someone that everyone now knows about We know what he achieved in Australia We know what he achieved in Yokohama Where we know his father loves Scottish football We know that Ange Postacoglu apparently had posters of Kenny Dalglish on his wall when he was a youngster What we don't know is whether he'll be any good as Celtic's head coach And this is a case without evidence so far uh, We've got all the propaganda uh, with uh, Postacoglu saying that he understands That he's moving to one of the big football clubs And we've got all the supposition From people like Dominic Who's saying, oh well, it'll be the second Pedro Cachinha Mark my words Dominic doesn't know that I don't know that Nobody knows that The only way that we'll be able to gauge Ange Postacoglu Is when he starts to play matches And I would say this in his defence straight away I cannot think of any manager in my lifetime, who has gone to Celtic with a greater burden on his shoulders than Ange Postacoglu is carrying because there is a monumental rebuild required. The club has been turned upside down in the space of a year. The players who really mattered for Celtic are going out of the club. Brown, Edward, Ayer and perhaps more to follow. The rebuild is substantial. And he has no experience of working mm. on this continent. Uh, I think I feel sympathetic towards him because it's a heck of a job. It has to be done in a short space of time. But whether it's Dominic saying he's the next Kashinia or Celtic fans saying he could be the next Vim Jansen, nobody knows for sure until we start playing matches. David, you know a lot about this city and the way the football works, both as player and, and the management team. So what, what do you make of the appointment? I think Hugh's point's really, really valid in terms he's going to need help. He's not going to come in and turn Celtic around. And there is, you know, a lot of work to be done there. There's got to be a lot of recruitment. There's got to be some ins. There's going to be some outs. So there's a lot of work to be done there and he's going to need help on that. But what, what I would say is, you know, whether we like it or not, he won't get the time that he, d he thinks he needs. And because of the environment Celtic are in, they're chasing, they're catching mm -hmm. Rangers now, and that's a really difficult place to be. So Celtic fans won't have the patience. I don't think that, that he might need to try. and So managing that initial period to try and buy himself time to get his team on the pitch, mm -hmm. to get a team that um, will reflect what he wants to do and what is reflects what Celtic want to do takes time and that'll be his biggest battle enabling himself to the get season. That I was going to just sorry I just wanted to ask Davey because I'm always loath to make direct comparisons because things are, are are always different different circumstances but if I can be loose with this one when you were in the management staff at Ibrooks, you were up against a Celtic team that, that were strong they, they were mm. in a good place and what that means is to an extent, no matter what you do, is not enough because the other, yeah. the other one, the other one is stronger. D do you recognise that? And and are we now seeing a, a slight similarity? If you flip it on its head, where you know Rangers are strong, and ultimately Ange Postecoglou has to change that. I think that's really valid. I think you know 
ultimately you're either first or second in Glasgow or first or last mm-hmm. sorry in Glasgow that's did you guys did you guys feel that you know because at that time you know all of a sudden Brendan Rodgers you had the success in the you know the, yeah. the, the semi-final Brendan Rodgers arrived and Dembele and Sinclair and all yeah. of a sudden it's, it's a big a big ask it was and it was a reaction to probably what we were doing we were going in, in one direction and maybe closing that gap and then all of a sudden Celtic brought in Brendan Rodgers and a couple of players and that gap became bigger again and Brendan has an experience and a you know uh, an aura around them that elevated Celtic and Stephen Gerrard's got that Rangers now Rangers have got that success and that comfort in their manager and that Stephen Gerrard team now Celtic haven't got that Celtic have got a lot of question marks and there is a gap so you know it's going to be really difficult and a huge point as I said earlier you know about having support and having back in and having time to do that you know that's going to be the really interesting thing So you on you go Hugh The season starts on the 31st of July he'll get until the 1st of August <laughs> <laughs> so I mean Dominic there's a lot a lot can happen I mean there's a Euros to come for goodness sake and we don't know the, the transfers and all the rest of it but as it stands at the moment I, I assume you remain very confident about next season as a Rangers fan yes? Well, I'm, not, I'm not scared well uh, sorry scared's the wrong word uh, worried because it's Celtic are going down the exact same route as what Rangers done with Pedro Cusinha and he thought talked a very good game and then they get back very well, might add, um, and how'd that turn out? And then look at, if you look at Stephen Gerrard, he was given he was given time because that was his basically his apprenticeship, right? But Johnson think that Costa Coglu, Rangers are top of the league by say five or six points come Christmas, and Celtic have been abysmal. Yeah, they've had a abysmal season. They've been absolutely sh- shocking. Does honestly, you honestly think that he'll be given the time? Because if his signings don't turn around, well, the, the sorry, the, the guys that he brings in, then it's it's just going to be another Pedro Cristina. And oh, look, it may it may well turn out that way, and I, I'm not saying it's not. And you've got every right, Dominic, to then phone back and say, "Ha ha, I told you so." I just don't think it reflects very well on us, Hugh, if we treat so-called newcomers this way, and everybody that isn't a household name is is the next. Dud, who, who, you know, I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll it makes get, me a bit uneasy. As I say, we've got loads of supposition and we have no evidence. But when mm. we do get football underway again, you'll have a Champions League qualification campaign upon him very, very quickly at a time when he's still trying to bring in players to the club. That's why I say he carries a burden that I can't recall any other Celtic manager in his position having to carry. And once the Champions League qualification is decided one way or another, he then has to make sure that he keeps pace with Rangers. If he doesn't keep pace with Rangers, by the time Celtic play Rangers for the second time in the season, which will be end of December, beginning of January, then I think he could then come under severe scrutiny. But nothing at all can be put forward as evidence because no matches have been played. Okay, thank you to Dominic in East Kilbride. Let's finish off as we have all week. I've been asking you for your Scotland songs original for this year for the Euros. Send them in and we try and finish the show. We had our own GBX on Monday. We had the La Fontaines. We had Scott and the Egypts. You would have liked oh, him yeah. on Wednesday. Uh, we had the man who wrote the Papa Shandy song last <laughs> night as well. I enjoyed that. It's been great fun. Uh, this one is along similar themes. It's not exactly a song though. Uh, let's bring in Andrew Douglas and he can explain it better than I can. Andrew, tell us a little bit about what we're about to hear. So it's a poem uh, that I wrote. Uh, I just there's so much good 
uh, content online just now, and I'm watching all these videos and getting myself really buzzing for it. And I just thought, you know what, I kind of want in on this. I want to kind of show what I can kind of do. So I just penned this poem, and then on Thursday before I started work, I only live in Cartley, just down from Hamden. So I thought I'm going to go up, and I recorded it, edited it together, put it up online, and it seems to have got a really, really good response so far. Yeah, I watched it. I loved it, and that's you. Know, I think was it you and I then that spoke on Twitter this morning. I assume. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what's what's the link then? The Twitter account is Barry's Southside, and, and well, you're Andrew. You're not Barry. So what's the story there? So it's where I work. Um, it's just an off license, like um, just near Hamden, and I set up the Twitter account, and it does really well. It's got loads of followers. So I posted it on my own Twitter, and then just retweeted it from the Barry's one. It's got like nine thousand followers. So it's kind of put it out there a wee bit more. And that's how, so it's just the viewers just kind of kept racking up. So played the game a wee bit, but it just, it got out there and then it seems to really resonate with a lot of people, really positive response to it. Great stuff. Without giving the game away then, because we are going to hear it, but what was the, what was the kind of inspiration behind it? And and give us a little bit about the thought process. It was just, and it's kind of, it was kind of like a team talk, but from the country. Like, we're not saying, right, go out there and win it although we also would love to think that. It's just more like, this is how much it means to us. Like, we all appreciate the like the graft you've put in to get there, and it's been just as much of a graft for us <laughs> watching you get there. But, yeah, it's just a kind of message to the team from us that we are all behind you, and we're absolutely buzzing for, uh, buzzing for it. Good stuff. I really liked it, and I'm looking forward to playing it again. Thank you to Andrew Douglas, who's written and performed this poem. He's filmed it outside Hamden. It looks great. You can go and check that out uh, on Twitter. Just before we go, then, a couple of things to tie up. Euro 2020 is about to get underway. We wondered if we'd ever get here. It was meant to take place last summer. We're finally getting there. Turkey against Italy in Rome. Uh, it's a bit foggy, a bit misty. I don't know if that's the weather, pyrotechnics, whatever it is, but... um. Yeah, hopefully the visibility clears up there. And let me just finish by thanking you, Hughes. Oh, you just get like a normal size thanks, though, because you're yeah. all, you're always here. I'm sick fit up at the sight of you. And uh, Davey, it was lovely to have you on the show. Hopefully we will do it again soon. And it was a painless enough experience for you. Any uh, complimentary tickets for Brighton? <laughs> we are back on Sunday with our big preview show, four until seven. GBX up next, and here's your poem to get you right in the mood. We've been waiting for this. For 23 years we've been craving this, a major tournament here, Scotland or there. Now the stadiums might not be full but our hearts will be. For too long we've had to watch from afar but now it's about how far we've came. A A team that cares, a support that can believe, a team not individual players. Now it won't be easy, when it's ever been. You snuck through the back door, no we kicked it down. Penalty saved, it's hit the nation flying. Christie's interview, hi, we were all crying. Whether it's a last minute header or an outstretched hand, side by side, together we'll stand. Draped in a salt tyre with your jersey on, oh yes sir, this is where I belong. The players and fans deserve this. For too long we've had to wait, let us dream, we've not had the chance since France 98. Give it your own. That's all that we ask. Go out and fight from the first to the last. Every blade of grass, every loose ball. You run and you run, you give it your all. Become a mortal. Etch your name in history. You're a Scotland team. 
that has an entire nation voting you to victory. Clyde One Super Scoreboard.